Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders joining me as always on his afternoon drive for the day. Alan, what's going on? Um, it's now the day after the big party, and you kind of rub your head and you wake up and you're like, What did we do last night? I feel like that's how Steelers fans are right now. It was like yesterday was the euphoria he's Mm -hmm. gone we did it killed the wicked witch and today it's like oh is this this really gonna be better than it was like how how does this work and i think uh that's that's kind of where we're at right now yesterday was the party today is the hangover well 
yeah, you know, I think a big reason a lot of fans thinking that there was going to be some just massive changes on the offensive side of the ball after this, some sweeping things like, oh, we're going to implement a whole new offense in week 12 of an NFL season. Uh, unsurprisingly, like we've talked about yesterday, we didn't think that, that was going to happen. It's not possible to happen, but Kenny Pickett, I guess, confirming that for us. Uh, it's nice to hear the quarterback of the team agree with what you were saying yesterday, Alan. So when he spoke today, basically confirming that it's going to probably look pretty similar in terms of what the offense actually looks like. Um, I guess, you know, the, put the fans maybe a little bit of an uproar, but like it was expected, I think for, you know, us and, and most people with, uh, with knowledge, is the way that these things go. Yeah. I mean, there's not really any realistic, like big picture changes you can make in, a grand total of six practice hours, right? Like, that's not going to happen. Like, they're yeah. – like, Kenny's quote was literally, like, we talked about it for 15 minutes, and then we got back to work trying to beat the Bengals. And, like, mm-hmm. like literally all this is doing for the Steelers right now, especially, like – like, okay, like, somebody, like, DM'd me today and was like, hey, man, how different do they look at practice? And, like, I'm not allowed to say what I see at practice, <laughs> but, like – like, let me just, like, can't, like there, there's not there's not going to be big differences. Like, you, there are not going to be noticeable differences. Like, I, I imagine that if the average fan watched practice today, they would not know who was the offensive coordinator. Like, it, it, like that, 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 that kind of thing is not possible in one practice, right? So, like, what what really can change? What can be different? I think that's an interesting conversation yeah. to have. And, you know, uh, Kenny was asked that, and he's like, well, look, I'm not going to, like, tell you the game plan. I'm like, <laughs> and the game plan changes week to week anyway, right? Like, you're not going to attack the Cincinnati uh-huh. Bengals the same way you would attack the Cleveland Browns, regardless of who was offensive coordinator. But I got, like, what's possible to change? I feel like that's a good conversation to have and one that, that we should probably spend some time with here because I think it's important, right? Like, Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday, like, I'm optimistic that this can lead to better offense. I want to see more points. And he, he, you know, he insinuated that he wouldn't have done this if he didn't think that was possible. So mm-hmm. how can this change result in better offense from the Steelers? Realistically, you know, not like new offense that, that's just not going to happen in week 12. And the one thing that Kenny came up with was like, look, you know, this is – uh, this is a challenge. This is a direct challenge to these offensive players. If you are going to flip out on the sideline, and if you are going to make backhanded comments in the media, well, then when we do the thing, if we remove the thing that you are frustrated about, that you are saying is the problem, then that doesn't leave any more excuses for it to not be you. Like this is a direct challenge to the senior players on this offense to say, oh, like. Okay, then we got rid of Matt Canada. Um, it's your turn. Go step up. Go show us that he was the problem. Go, go show us why and how he was holding you back instead of the other way around. Um, because I tell you what, like, if you're an offensive player that was on the sideline, you know, mouthing off or, or showing your frustration, or you were talking to the media about how the other team knew the plays or whatever, and things change but then they stay the same it's really gonna look like you were the problem all along and and not Matt Canada 
Yeah. And, that, and, you know, that's the execution aspect of this all. Like we've talked about it, like taking the things that obviously could be better from Matt Canada out of the equation. And there's a lot left to be desired with the way that this team has played, you know, regardless of that, like taking that circumstance into consideration, they've left a lot out on the field. Um, and that, that part is on the players. So, you know, yeah, it's gonna be interesting because now they're kind of putting targets on their backs to go out there and perform better than they have at this point. If they feel like that was the one thing that was holding them back, um, from an offensive coordinator game planning perspective, like during the game, uh, I would say play sequencing is something to, to look that could look differently uh, on Sunday as well. You know, maybe like building things differently off one of another. That's something that we've talked about with Canada um, as, as one of the main critiques of this offense is it doesn't seem like he's doing anything to set up the next thing. You know, you're not building off of one thing well enough. So I think that those are maybe things that, while obviously you can't, like, I'm not saying, oh, wait, we're not going to get to see, you know, a Shanahan system, Shanahan scheme on Sunday. Absolutely not. But I think those are things that are reasonable to expect to be different is the way that they sequence the plays and set things up. Yeah, I think that was actually one of the very, like, the things that Canada was forced at. I I think we mentioned, you know, I I didn't think they they just played to their strengths well enough. Like, those are things Mm -hmm. you can fix. But really, like the big, the biggest thing is, you know, I had somebody say like, "Oh, they're going to let Kenny throw it deep." I was like, Canada wasn't <laughs> not letting Kenny throw it deep. Yeah. Kenny was not letting Kenny throw it deep, and Kenny's still there. Like, I like how they yeah. are, like they have to find a way to unlock more of Kenny Pickett's talent. That is, at the end of the day, the number one reason that Matt Canada was fired is that the first round draft pick quarterback that they have invested a large amount of their future in is not developing the way that anyone hoped. Uh, I don't see any reason to suspect that Eddie Faulkner has the answers in that regard. Like, I, he's never yeah. coached quarterbacks as far as I can tell. Like, I, I don't think that he's that guy. Uh, I like Eddie. I think he's a good coach, and I think he's deserving of the promotion. But I'm not sure that's a realistic expectation to put on him. And I'll be perfectly honest, like, Mike Sullivan was the quarterback's coach for the last year and a half. You got to figure if he had those answers, they would have yeah. already been implemented, right? Like, what, like, so I honestly think a lot of this, like, if you're talking about like, where's the 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 like the reason to have real hope? Like, hey, I only can I never got the sense that Kenny Pickett wanted Matt Canada to be fired. Like, I, I never got the sense that Canada and Pickett didn't get along. I, I never got the sense that he like, was frustrated with obviously not happy with his own play, but was frustrated with the play calls or the offense or like being allowed to do what he wanted. Like I, I never got any of that. It felt like Matt Ken, Matt, Kenny Bigot was perfectly happy to have Matt Canada as offensive coordinator. This could be, maybe should be a bit of a shock to the system, right? You you get a guy, like if, 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 if I do something to get someone that I liked working with fired, like, not to say that Kenny needed motivation, but it's a wake-up yeah. call, right? It's it's a, hey, you, the, the way things were going is not good enough, and it cannot continue. And so I, I don't think that Kenny lacks motivation, but I certainly think it can be an impetus to say, I've got to do things differently, like really differently than, than the way that I was doing them before, or I'm next, like, period. Like, that. there's nobody else to fire. Like, that's – and so – They've got to find a way to get more out of Kenny. Can this be how they do it? It's like amateur psychology. I don't know. Maybe. But 
I think that is at least a reason to think that it might happen. I'm, I'm glad you went there because that was going to be the next thing that I brought up is like how personal should the quarterback be taking this firing? You know, like you, you talking about it. I'm not sure that everybody's viewing that way, but I think that, you know, they should be is that the development or lack thereof the quarterback is reason number one why Matt Canada is no longer the offensive coordinator. Like you talked about wholesale what the offense has looked like, but if Kenny Pickett were coming along nicely, I have a hard time believing that they make this change regardless. So, you know, you've kind of touched on it, but if anything else to add with me bringing up that point, like, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's squarely on Kenny's shoulders to improve now, but like how personal should he be taking it? The fact that Matt Canada's fired due to his lack of progression. Yeah. I mean, I think you should be taking it. I think he should be taking it as an opportunity for some serious introspection about where his game is. And like, I know that Kenny is a, a perfectionist at heart. He said that today. I know that he knows that he has not been good enough. But I think, you know, it's more about, like, I, I, I don't think any, Kenny's not confused about the quality of play. Like, he knows he's not been good enough. I think the question becomes mm-hmm. then, like, like, there's a difference between doing what you've been doing in order to rectify a change versus, hey, like, maybe we have to do something drastically different here. Like, maybe something really needs to be, and, and again, this is not talking about wholesale changes to the offense. This is talking about yeah. how Kenny Pickett is going about the execution of his job. Like, I, I think something needs to, to seriously uh, be different there in order to get him on the same page with these receivers, get him feeling comfortable in the pocket and, and confident in the reads he's making. Um, something has to change. And, and it's not the whole offense but, because that's not possible. But I feel like that is possible, right? If they're able to do something differently – I don't know if in terms of the way they practice. I don't know if in terms of uh, the, the, the you know, picking the plays that they pick. You know, are there certain things that Pickett is more comfortable with? I don't know. I feel like Canada was trying that already. But there's mm-hmm. got to be a way to turn this into an opportunity for Kenny Pickett. And also just, you know, the whole leadership of the offense, which I think he is sort of the primary leader of the offense. And you kind of throw like, Mason Cole and and Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris into that group, right? But, like, there's an opportunity for that unit to come together and say, it doesn't matter who calls the plays. The responsibility at the end of the day is on the people on the field to execute. And we can't let our season get away from us. Like, it's up to us. And can the team – I don't get the sense that there's like fractures in this offense. I don't think people are blaming each other, but I think there's probably another level that they could take this to in terms of making it about the team and togetherness and saying, look, like, Hey, this is, this is about us now and finding a way to make it work on their own going forward. That's outside of any influence that the changing coaching staff might have. Right. Yeah. I, Oh, good point. And was there anything else that you wanted to add about this offense stuff before we get to some? Because I know we want to get a lot of questions. We have some quick hitter, like injury stuff to talk about. But yeah. anything else regarding? No, I don't think there was anything else, um, you know, specifically. But I, you know, I talked to Miles Boykin today, and he made a good mm. point that I, thought I kind of wanted to bring up. It's like this offense feels like it can be better than it has been, and they still feel that way. And I think that's an important, like, 
whether those players are right or wrong, they'll get the opportunity to prove it. Like, I think that was the biggest source of that frustration that we talked about yesterday was just like the way these players feel about themselves and their teammates and the quality that they see in the locker room has not been reflected in the results. And I think it's very easy to say that if you're a player, but like that's, you know, I think we've seen that too. Like that, that makes sense to me as like yeah. a, a, a reasonable reason for those guys to be frustrated. And, and I thought that was very um, insightful that that's, that's what he had to say. Yeah. And if this offense is going to be better, if it's going to take a step, you would think that George Pickens is going to have to be a part of that. But Alan, he headlines uh, the DNPs for today's practice with a shin injury that popping up seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know. Mike Tomlin said yesterday there were some bumps and bruises, but nothing significant. I would mm-hmm. disagree with his categorization of significant if his top wide receiver is not practicing. I understand it's only Wednesday, uh, but, like, yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, that's significant. Something to be monitored the next two days, certainly. Although I have to think that unless it was something that happened in the last 24 hours, you should probably still expect him to play, um, but maybe he's not 100%. You know, that's certainly yeah. something uh, to be concerned about as well. And then uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, not able to practice today, as yeah. uh, Mike Tomlin had hoped uh, yesterday. And and really, I mean, I, I think we talked about this last Wednesday, but, you know, with Montrevious Adams being limited today, I think, is, is a really good sign for his potential to practice this week. You know, you kind of get a limited – limited full or limited full full and you feel pretty good about that week coming back from injury the dnp on wednesday for for minka fitzpatrick i mean i'm kind of like probably like less than a coin flip right now for him to play this week hamstring injuries are frustrating for everyone um you know they they linger they they, Mm -hmm. and you cannot come back too soon no matter how badly you want to or you will be out for the rest of the year at this point Mm -hmm. you have some kind of significant setback and so yeah. uh, being understandably cautious with him, but yeah, it's uh, it's a tough pill to swallow for that defense that uh, has done an admirable job, I think, of patching things together without him. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think too, you know, the frustration, <laughs> Tomlin probably shouldn't have said about being optimistic prior to the Packers game about him at least being available to practice later in the week, because I think that kind of opened the door for the fan base to assume. And now he's just going to keep getting questions and seem combative when the question came up about, um, you know, him being optimistic about that game. And now he's optimistic again, but uh, so, yeah, but on the reverse side of that, like you mentioned, Mont Adams gets in a limited practice as well. Herbig and James Pierre also limited uh, with new injuries and then um, four guys with vet stays off, obviously. But yeah, so I think, the Minka one, still something to watch. George popping up, something to watch. Trending in the right direction for Mont Adams there. Um, oh, and then I wanted to bring up one more thing before we get to the questions, and that is the fact that we talked about Shaq Leonard yesterday. He clears waivers, so now he's free to sign anywhere. Uh, just wanted to bring that up again. And the Steelers were actually listed as the betting odds favorite, co-betting odds favorites uh, to land him. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Not yeah. Totally surprised that he cleared waivers. I thought there was a chance, but but not a particularly good one. So we'll see if the Steelers are really interested in kicking the tires on Leonard. I assume they will move quickly if they are. Um, they did sign Blake Martinez off the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. practice squad. 
And so that is like a minor complication here in that they have to keep him for, I think, four weeks. Um, but, you know, they could carry five inside linebackers. They've done it before. Uh, three weeks. Three weeks. I think it's three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said, a minor complication, but I, I don't think one uh, that would hold them up if they really wanted to sign Leonard. I'll be very interested to see what the interest level is like in – whether he's able to or, or what he wants to, you know, does he just want a place to play the rest of the season or is he looking for a place to make a long-term home? I think that changes kind of which yeah. teams he might prioritize right now. You know, what teams have to spend on the next six games, six, seven games might be pretty different than what a team has in terms of salary cap space in 2024. And that may make a big difference in terms of what teams are able to present the best looking offer to him uh, compared to the competition. Yeah. And speak of competition also like, you know, maybe this team isn't competing right now, but he could go to a spot where he thinks, okay, they're in decent shape next season or something like that. If you're talking about, you know, more than just a rest of season contract, like a multi-year thing. Well, yeah. And I mean, he was apparently like not happy with playing 70% of the snaps in Indianapolis. Like it's hard to imagine a contender being willing to sign him right now and give him more than 70% of the snaps. Like if you're a contender, you probably have a linebacker that you like, and it's pretty good. You know, like most, like it's, it's going to be a pretty unique situation for him to be able to find a place with a good team that has lots of playing time for him. So um, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I'm not sure that I would make the Steelers the absolute favorites as the mm-hmm. betting odds did, but I got to think they're up there. Yeah. I agree. Um, all right, Alan, we mentioned uh, yesterday we wanted to start getting some questions because they were kind of piling up. So I got a few here uh, in the chamber for us to get to. And I want to start by one that caught my eye last week. I brought it up to you, but we didn't talk about it on here uh, from Burge Sports Fan. So uh, obviously it's still early, but with the early returns, looking how they do. Did anything happen in 2023 specifically other than Con and Weidel taking over that made this draft class stand out the way that it seemingly has? Different evaluation process, changes in scouting department. What was it? Please don't think that I'm using this as an opportunity to crap on the previous regime because I appreciate everything they did. Just really enjoy what is seemingly Con and Weidel's philosophy. That's a really good question, by the way. Showing off your knowledge there, dear reader, viewer, <laughs> audience member, audience member. That's what we yep. decided. Audience uh, member, yep. I don't think that there was a big difference in the way the Steelers evaluate draft prospects in this class. I have covered the Steelers in the draft process for a number of years now. It's mostly the same scouts. It's a lot of Mike Tomlin. Omar was available, you know, was, was at least tangentially involved before. Uh, Andy Weidel is new, uh, so there's that. But, like, I don't really feel like it was a lot of different evaluation. What I do feel like was different was it was just very clear to me that the way the draft board was managed and the knowledge of what the other teams intended to do, the way the other clubs were going to value their picks and individual players – was significantly improved. And I think part of that comes from Omar just being uh, by trade, you know, more of, look, he's, I mean, like, I, I don't say, I'm not saying this derisively, but like he's an accountant more than he is a scout, right? Like he knows value 
okay, maybe doesn't have the absolute best, you know, pedigree in terms of being able to pick out the best players, but he understands value and, Mm -hmm. and the way that positional value, the way that certain players will be valuable down the road. And then I think bringing in guys like Andy Weidel, um, Sheldon White, Mark Sadowski, you know, the Steelers were an organization that was uh, very, very stable for a long time. And you had Kevin Colbert and, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Ernie Jr. and Brandon Hunt and, and you know, down to the individual scouts that were on the, in that room for like decades. And I think what you have there is uh, when you don't ever change over your personnel, like you lose the ability to get a perspective from what other teams are doing. Like you don't have anyone in your room that has a voice that says, well, that's not how we did it with the Eagles. That's not how we did it with the bears. That's not what the lions are thinking right now. Like how you did it with the bears is probably like just a good example of what not to do. But like, yeah, like, like, I think there's a lot of value in having those outside perspectives, guys that came in from other teams and said, this is how we did things. This is what these people are thinking. I worked with, you know, Howie Roseman. I know what he's thinking right here. I think he's going to – like, th- that perspective in the draft is really, really valuable. Like, do you ever be in a fantasy league where you don't know anybody else in the league? Like, it's really hard to make trades, right? Like, you, you don't know how mm-hmm. people operate, how they think, like, what they might want. Like, it's so much easier when you're in a group of people that you've known for a long time and you have familiarity with. You're like, oh, yeah, this guy, he's always loved big running backs. I'll be able to unload Najee Harris on him, no problem. Like, like just that – I think that informational flow has increased, and I think that's the biggest thing – that when you look at the Steelers and the way they picked apart the draft board this year, like the trade up with the, you know, like, okay, did they trade up with the Patriots just to screw the Jets? I don't know, but it sure looks like they did. And like, that's the kind of like inside football, like backdoor kind of stuff that I think like Kevin Colbert was very focused on being a good scout and getting the best player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't really think that kind of thing was really his forte or something that he spent a lot of time thinking about. And I think the Steelers were really able to use that information to navigate the draft board. Uh, they made a couple trades. I feel like they got good value for their positions. And, and, and I think that's a big reason why this draft is shaping up to be a really good one. Yeah, and, and we've talked about it, you know, them pairing them with vets at their positions, you know, maybe not needing these guys to play right away, taking a, you know, a slower approach with them. I think it all kind of plays into it. I've just really enjoyed their approach uh, with these guys. Uh, King Day said, what have you noticed over the last couple of weeks that all of a sudden seemingly Patrick Peterson is playing at a much better level? Is it different positions they're putting him in or what have you seen? They're putting him in different positions and – uh, he is playing all over the field. He's playing outside corner, slot corner, and free safety. And I think what I've seen is a guy that is really well suited to that role. I think his knowledge really shows off when he can, you know, put him in different places. And like, I think I've used this analogy on here before, but it's like a basketball team that changes defenses all the time. Like maybe they're not that good at any of them but they make it hard to tell what they're going to do. They make it hard to game plan against. I think moving Patrick Peterson has made the Steelers harder to game plan against. And 
I think it has provided some, you know, I, I really felt like the first couple of games, the defense was very stead, very basic, you know, like not, not like that they, they don't do anything unusual, but it was like a lot of the same Steelers defense look and they're making it really easy on quarterbacks in terms of, uh, not turning the ball over, knowing what to expect, having a good idea where people were going to be. I think moving Patrick Peterson around has just made it like if you went into the game saying like, oh, we have a really good matchup. Like we, we don't think that uh, Patrick Peterson can cover uh, like I don't know, Elijah Moore last week, maybe, or, or Amari Cooper or whatever, like him moving all over the field makes it really hard to take advantage of that matchup. You don't know when you're going to get it and when you're not going to get it. You don't know just based on who comes on the field, like what kind of coverage they might be in. And so I think that has really made the entire Steelers defense better. But Patrick Peterson has done a really good job of changing his game to fit multiple roles, and that's the only reason why that's worked so far. So he deserves a lot of credit for it, but I think it was just a good idea, something they probably should have done more from the very beginning. Um, mm -hmm. But I think uh, that has really been a game changer for him. Yeah, I, I think you know what he doesn't have in his legs anymore – they're putting him in spots to be able to use his eyes. And that's kind of what I notice. Um, you know, letting him kind of do that. Cause obviously the physical limitations are there at his age, but you know, in terms of his mind, his ability to read quarterbacks, use his eyes, that obviously still is at a very high level. Um, yeah, like maybe you get Miami and like Tyree Kill comes out of the slot, but like most of the time, <laughs> yeah. slot receivers are not guys that are gonna be the ones that are like taking you deep all the time. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's more about uh, knowledge and, and positioning than anything else. Right. Uh, and then Everett here said, this is more of a question for people that watch film um, because it's not something that I go back and look at necessarily, but George Pickens, when he doesn't produce in the box store, how does he look on film? Like is 14 still dominating, just not getting the ball or what's going on? Why isn't he as much of a factor in the offense? <clears throat> Hmm. That's an interesting question. I think there's a couple of answers here. Like, I I still think you're getting effort from George Pickens. Like, I don't see him like just dogging it out there. Um, mm -hmm. I do see some pretty obvious indicators where like he knows he's getting double covered and he's pretty sure he's not getting the ball. You know, like guys just kind of carry themselves a little bit different in those circumstances. I think that's probably human nature. Um, he could maybe work on it a little bit, but like, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, you know, the Steelers have been pretty open about saying that like when George gets double covered, like it's mostly about the other guys needing to step up and do better in those situations. Um, like George is not what I would call like a particularly good blocking wide receiver, but I generally see like pretty good effort from him. Like he's moving. Uh, he's just not that good at it you know he got some he got some pub early on because he caught some guys like not aware or, or napping and he put some people on their backs but i think down in and down out he's probably the worst of the Steelers' three primary wide receivers in terms of his blocking ability george is also just like a really skinny dude like he's not built yeah really to be a blocker like i, I don't think that's some kind of indictment of him like he is he is thin he is thin. He is not – he is a runner, clearly. And so I don't see anything, like, away from the play about George Pickens' game that gives me any pause or concern. Uh, and right. he certainly has his fair share of reps where he's open and the ball doesn't go there. 
You know, that mm-hmm. has been a problem for every single one of the Steelers wide receivers this year. And, and Pickens is no exception. Yeah, I agree. I was just, I was just going to bring up, you know, because the one thing that a lot of people were talking about from year one to year two was the separation. And like you just said, I think there's plenty of plays on tape where he's open. So it's not something that there I've looked at. There's one last game, like, man, where hard. like he ran a great route, a complicated route, and he's coming free in the end zone. And Kenny was honestly kind of staring him down, but like it was pretty clear that he wanted to go to George. George beat his guy. And then like just as he's about to make his cut, Kenny gets sacked. And, you know, I just feel like there's, like, a lot of that going on with the Steelers offense where it yeah. just – like they're having a hard time getting out of their own way sometimes. But, yeah, I, I don't – I mean, George is getting open. Like, I, I think he has done most of the things that people said that he needed to improve at uh, coming into this season and mm-hmm. at a pretty high level. Like, I don't really think that there's a lot that he should be doing differently than he is right now. We'll get to one more because I feel like this, this was actually asked last week, but I feel like it's relevant now with them – possibly looking for an external offensive coordinator after the season. Um, who do you get to replace Canada that is A, good, <coughs> B, wants to come to Pittsburgh, and C, accepts it, likely knowing that he wouldn't have the opportunity to move into the head coaching role here? Well, I don't really think that like the opportunity to move into a head coaching role is something that people care about when they're getting hired as offensive coordinator. Like, I don't really – like for the same like, team, right? It's like a stepping like, stone. Like, like a, very, yeah. Okay, so like, let me think about like a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who mm-hmm. was at the very top of this profession for a while, and wasn't getting that head coaching opportunity. Like he left Kansas City because he was like, "Look, I know, like I've learned that if I'm under Andy Reid, people are only going to think that it's Andy Reid's offense, and they're never going to give me the full credit for the offensive performance." I, in order to move up, I need to go somewhere else where I'm not under a guy who is considered one of the best offensive coaches in the game and I can do it and show that it is me. So, like, that move, yeah. But, again, like, I don't think that he would have – like Mike Tomlin would have been a perfect fit for him because Mike Tomlin, you know, is defensive coach, right? So, like, I don't see Mike Tomlin's presence being a negative for an offensive coordinator in that way. Um, his reputation is being somewhat – I don't know, stodgy, I guess, is the way I would say it. You know, he's not a great – you know, he's not like this guy that like goes for it on fourth down all the time. His clock management has been, I think, pretty fairly criticized over the years in just terms of his aggressiveness uh, for trying to get extra possessions and things like that. I think maybe that could be a turnoff for some people who just think that there would be – like, look, if you're the offensive coordinator and head coach, you have to be in lockstep on things. And if you just feel like you have a philosophical difference of opinion about somebody with a lot of this stuff, then like maybe I think guys will see that as being like, maybe it's just not a good fit for me. Um, you know, when people say things about like culture, like what are they really talking about? Like that, that's one of it, right? It's like, what, what kind of, how do I view the game of football and how does this head coach view the game of football? And is it alike enough? Like, I can see things like that. But I don't think anybody is going to be worried about the fact that Mike Tomlin isn't going anywhere and that if they're going to get promoted to a head coach after this job, it's going to be somewhere else. I don't think anybody cares about that. In terms of who would come there, I mean, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the great franchises in the National Football League. They are nearly universally revered as being a great place to work, a great team to work for. Mike Tomlin is loved in the coaching profession and admired. Uh, I don't think the Steelers would have any problem attracting top quality candidates for their offensive coordinator job. 
Um, I don't think they're particularly well known for how well they pay in the past for that position. Um, Maybe that's something that might have to change this time around. That's what I was going to say is it's more so about how wide of a net are the Steelers themselves going to cast to find the next guy. I don't think there's going to be a shortage of people that would be willing to line up to take the job, but are the Steelers going to be willing to, you know, cast a wide enough net to get in the ideal candidates? Yeah. I mean, you have to look at like who you're competing for, for those, for those candidates. Right. right? I mean, like if you're like, look, I don't think John Gruden is going to be the Steelers next (laughs) offensive coordinator. Right. Like I got, I don't think it's going to be him, but if you're John Gruden, right. Like, well, okay, you have a lot of opportunities, right? You can go back to TV. You could probably get a Power 5 head coaching job. You could hang around and wait and see if there's other, uh, you know, NFL offensive coordinator jobs that are going to open. You could hang around somewhere and be, you know, somebody's coach in waiting and just be an analyst and only work two days a week and, and figure something, you know. Like, he has a lot of options available to him. In order to get a guy like that to pick the Steelers, not saying it's going to be him, not saying the Steelers want it to be him or that it should, but like you're going to have to come at a guy like that with a pretty significant financial incentive in addition to having a good place to work and, and a good reputation and a coach that everybody likes. By the way, obviously, John Gruden and Mike Tomlin are very familiar with one another. One another. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably a sort of untalked about part of the story is the Steelers have generally not been a team that has broken the bank to get a guy as a coordinator. They have typically just kind of taken from the usual pool, you know, but I think a guy yeah. like John Gruden, if that's who you want, is different, and, and they have not operated that way. Right, absolutely. Great discussion, Alan. Uh, before we get out of here, of course, as always, tell the people where they can find you. At A. Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter. X, whatever you call it. At PGH Steelers Now is a site to count SteelersNow.com. That's where my words live. Read them so I can get paid. Steelers Now Plus promo code 10% off Allen's on. It will not last forever, folks. We'll probably have a different promo eventually. Maybe the one that will actually be mathematically correct. Stop. Yeah. Criticizing my math. Uh, But do it. Black Friday. You forgot to get a gift for Cousin Eddie. There we go. There we go. Uh, I am Zachary Eddie Smith, Eddie, PGH. Eddie that, that's exactly who came to mind when you said Cousin Eddie. Is Eddie Providence. Um, yeah, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH, on everything. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment down below as well, and leave us a five-star review if you were listening somewhere else. I say it all the time. I put it out on X the other day, but we are super thankful for anybody that takes an afternoon drive with us and has been a part of this audience. Didn't know what to expect when we started this thing, but we've been blown away by the support and uh, with it being the time to give thanks just wanted to offer that here to wrap up the show so hope everybody has a fantastic thanksgiving and we will be back after that thanks for jumping in and take another ride on the steelers afternoon it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.